Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pizza Luce in downtown Minneapolis. This is the Cheryl Reeve Show. She's the boss, Cheryl Reeve. Next to Cheryl is the Lynx president of business operations, Carly Knox, and that's Oliver. If you've been to our live shows, you know Oliver. He run, actually runs the entire operation here. Uh, good to see you all. Thank you all for coming out. I know it's crowded. Ended up being a twins night and hard to find parking. Thank you so much for being here. As I always say, uh, you know, Greg Popovich doesn't do a local podcast with the schmuck from the newspaper. You know, this is very rare. You don't have future Hall of Fame coaches and general managers coming out and just sitting around and talking with you the way Cheryl does. I appreciate it. I know you do. Uh, thanks again for being here. And of course, Carly is the, the brains behind the business operation. As I know from talking to WNBA officials throughout the years, they always say that the Lynx operation is the gold standard for the league not just on the court, but the way they do everything. So we are very lucky to have both of them here. And we're going to talk to Carly a little bit before they go eat pizza, and then Cheryl and I are going to get into some basketball stuff. Uh, we will be doing a series of shows at Pizza Luce's around town. Next Wednesday, that's the 22nd, 6 o'clock, our Chin Music baseball show with Lavelle E. Neal III and Roy Smalley will be at the Eden Prairie location. If you like baseball, come on out. That show is a blast as well. This has always been my favorite show to do. Cheryl, let me just start off by saying hello. First of all, welcome, Carly. Uh, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. I, I think first, uh, my excitement for being live again. I know, in, in it's person been a while. Since 2019, so I've seen many of these folks at the games, but uh, th this is fun to have the live show again, so I'm glad we could pull this off. This is part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. This is our pro longtime producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, you can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see the shows as they are released. Best way to listen in your car, at home, whatever, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's really easy. Thank you to all our sponsors, Pizza Luce, Rudy Luther Toyota, All Energy Solar, Realtor Cara Quinn, my friend back there, we'll be talking to you later, and Successful Marketing Group run by, uh, by Lori Ramsey, who unfortunately is not feeling well, won't be here tonight. Uh, let's start with some basketball, then we'll talk some business. How are you feeling about your team right now? I mean, you've had a really good run here, but you're also up in that, in that you know, stratosphere where you're staring right eye to eye with some great teams. Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, we've evolved. I, I think that's the thing I've said most about our team, that if you would have asked me this back in May, I wouldn't have had as good of an answer. Um, we have evolved into a team that I'm, uh, I feel really good about. Uh, I like the balance we're getting to. I certainly wish we were completely healthy. I, you know, I, I would love to have uh, Dantas in the mix and, you know, just throughout the season, you know, it's just been a, been a rough go. But despite all that, uh, just feeling like it's a group that finally understands who we are, uh, how we do things. We had a lot of new people you know, that we put into this thing that, uh, you know, quite frankly, initially it didn't, it didn't mesh all that well. Uh, so we kind of had to go through some growing pains and, and sort of hammer that out um, and, and kind of get to where we are now. Post-Olympic break, uh, I'll say this, Katie and Planette and Rebecca and Ashley uh, did a heck of a job with the group uh, to give us good momentum when we came out of the uh, uh, Olympic break. And uh, so I think we're in a good place. Uh, we've got, um, you know, good chances here. Uh, you know, we, we win a couple more games and, you know, we do need some help. You know, I, I sure would love to, you know, to be number two. I like the view from up there. Um, and, and, you know, if it doesn't happen, you know, wherever, whatever's going to be is going to be. But I like that we have a chance to control our end destiny to at least uh, be uh, a top four team. Uh, and then see what happens from there. You know, I hate the flannel format. I've, I've made that known. I think it's silly. We're a professional league. Uh, this single elimination stuff is for college. 
Um, and so I, I would very much like to see that changed, uh, but nobody listens to me. So we're going to be in a, a single game elimination scenario, probably. I think there's a 6% chance that maybe we're I not. I look up the same stats. Today. Yeah, Kevin Pelton, yep. right? He, he does some good work. Um, but whatever it's going to be, you know, whatever the playoff format is, we've got to try to figure out a way to be successful. Uh, we didn't want to set up a mic because of feedback issues. We will get to a point in the show where if you want to ask a question, just come up and ask it, and I'll, I'll repeat it, and then Cheryl will answer it. Uh, we want to talk to Carly, though, while we have her. Uh, and we'll get into some more basketball specifics and talk about all kinds of stuff. As you know, if you listen to the show, we get into all kinds of stuff. Uh, should I ask Carly questions, or should you? <laughs> well, I might know more. You might um, know but, more. But that, I'm happy. There's a distinct I'm chance actually, I like the true. objectivity of I will ask. I, will I can lead handle with this. both of you. <laughs> I will lead with this because this is a very important question to me. Uh, what kind of guitar do you play? A uh, Martin. Hmm? A Martin? A Martin. I yeah. love Martins. I have, I have a Gibson, but I kind of want a Martin. Yeah, so I love that I'll natural rich sound for sure. Yeah, they are beautiful. We, mm -hmm. You know, it would be fun sometimes to see both of you live. Maybe we can do a bill that has, has both of your bands. So my of. daughter is a part of the local music scene. She introduced me. We had lunch the other day with Nato Cole of Nato Cole and the Blue Diamond Band. It's a local kind of rock band. We'll be playing a gig with them here some, probably sometime in November. Wow. Yeah. Very That's cool. Bring your earplugs. You're further ahead of uh, <laughs> uh, where Carly and her band are. We got, we got to get you guys back. I know. Back playing. Got to return the CKB. Something got in the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happens. Almost that seven years ago it's been since, <laughs> since Carly's played. I have to stop using Don't it worry, as an excuse. 30, 40 years from now, you'll be ready to do other stuff. <laughs> After he leaves yes. for college. Yes. <laughs> but let's, let's talk, um, you know, uh, we get a lot of questions about uh, the impact of COVID uh, on our business. And so, Carly, maybe you can, you can kind of take it and talk about uh, the challenges during COVID and, and how we've come out of COVID. Yeah, uh, a massive undertaking in terms of constantly changing COVID protocol. Um, I feel like we get four emails a day from the league changing what we have to do and how to keep everybody safe from our players to coaching staff to fans. Um, as those of you know that are season ticket members in the room, we had to do three different shifts throughout the season. So obviously we started very, very socially distanced in pods of twos and fours, and then we were able to shift a little bit closer. And then finally we were able to go back to normal, which was amazing to have that atmosphere of everybody back down close from the, the court and closer in the center sections. And that's been incredible for the team, for the staff. And um, just want to thank all our season ticket members that have stuck in it with us. Um, you know, some deferred to next year, which we certainly appreciate them and respect, you know, kind of the worries around COVID, but it has gone well, knock on wood. We haven't been any sort of a super spreader event with regard to COVID. Everyone that's coming to games are masked up and, and safe and respectful of that. And so, so far, so good. And, and we're building back slowly, but surely this back half after the Olympic break have been really good. And we've started to, to grow our business and revenues again. And, you know, got to get back to where we were prior to COVID and then we can really grow this thing. Yeah, I, I know I, I, I multi a multitude of times have thanked fans because I know you get it, uh, you know, daily, sort of the challenges of moving seats, moving them around, you have this pod, et cetera. And all I know is uh, our players appreciate how hard your staff has worked uh, and how hard you all have worked to be there to support us to finally get to where we are now, which is to have everybody uh, much closer, you know, in the seats that they're happy 
the you know, way that they uh, are able to communicate with officials is much better now. Uh, <laughs> up high just wasn't as effective, so I, I like the proximity now. Um, but Carly... Um, Wait, before we leave yeah, okay. that, one great tool is the mask as well, so nobody can tell what you're <laughs> you saying know. behind the mask. So <laughs> I particularly love that when addressing officials. Um, but no, I guess I should a- try that. I should actually put my mask on, <laughs> maybe... That's what I'm saying. I, I could disguise no, it, where it's coming from. It's been an incredible atmosphere, and we certainly appreciate all of you guys for sticking with us and spread the word. It's time for everybody to come on back for playoffs. Yeah, so let's you know, pack we worked the hard. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm really proud of our team. We've worked hard to put ourselves in position uh, for home court advantage, right? And so now, as much as we can, uh, we think we're providing a very safe environment. You know, so anybody that feels confident to you know to bring more with us, you know, sure would like to be able to. You know, we, we tell our players all the time, you win your home games and you have a chance to have a really special season. Uh, and so we've largely done that 13 and three uh, in this regular season. It's right up there with all of our other good years. And, um, and I think we're tough enough to win on the road. Uh, so we're, we're well positioned, but back to the business. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people always talk about how the Minnesota Lynx are the gold standard of the WNBA, both on the court and off the court. Uh, what exactly does that mean when we say that we're the gold standard business-wise? What, what goes into that? Um, I think where uh, a really good place to start is the authenticity uh, that our fans bring, the players bring, our, our coaching staff bring in terms of the values that we're aligned on and as using sport as a vehicle of change and fighting for all marginalized groups and that it is bigger than basketball. So, um, you know, our partnerships are rooted in that, um, president circles rooted in that, season ticket members are rooted in that. And I think everybody has really bought in uh, to us being a part of a bigger movement um, and that, you know, it's not just selling a ticket to come watch a basketball game. It is something so much bigger than that. And uh, I know one of your babies, one of the, the best business practices, uh, not just in the WNBA, but I think around professional sports, uh, is something you started called the President Circle. Uh, maybe talk about the impetus uh, for that group and, and how that's evolved through the last, what's it been, at least five years now. Yeah, yeah. We're in our sixth season now. And um, it started with an idea that Laurel Ritchie, a couple WNBA, they were called presidents at the time, uh, wanted to create one for the WNBA. And it just never came to fruition because people weren't wanting to fly to New York uh, for these events. And, you know, it was cost prohibitive. So I took that idea and I said, how can we create a group for, you know, our most diehard, passionate link supporters that I again, are bought in value-wise and can have unprecedented insider access to our franchise uh, that really share value-wise uh, the same values as us. It's an incredibly eclectic group. It's, you know, everyone from uh, Stephanie Dillon, who is a local artist, but she's nationally and internationally renowned, to Allianz, to UBS, to Bees Home Care, to small women business owners who are just really passionate fans. And it's a beautiful thing when they all get together, um, you know, amongst each other doing business and creating these relationships and emanating these values out into the community as well. But then they get unbelievable access to you guys. So actually tomorrow we have our president circle closed practice viewing, um, you know, and normally on a non-COVID year, they get a meet and greet with their favorite player. They get to hear from you, but we're going to do kind of a socially distanced experience with them that way. Um, they get a reception with our ownership group. They get a really high-end dinner with the WNBA commissioner. Uh, we think it's really important for women to support women. So we go out and we support Go For Wins basketball. Uh, we had an event with the volleyball team, the softball team, the Minnesota Whitecaps, which is women's professional hockey. Uh, you know, we, we go out and we had a great event because Prince was a huge Lynx fan, as you all know. Uh, we went out and did a VIP experience at Paisley Park. So we're constantly trying to be creative and mix it up, but have these core events that really offer 
unbelievable access uh, to our franchise. Well, I hope they're in shape for tomorrow's practice because <laughs> uh, I, I plan for it to be uh, a challenging <laughs> one. And so I just peel from the sidelines. I just kind of go along and see who looks ready. I look in their <laughs> eyes and see who's ready to uh, play as hard as we want the Lynx players to play. Uh, no, we actually don't actually put them in, in, the, in the skill workouts. So, um, you know, tell us, you know, more business-wise, you know, where's the league going? I get asked this a lot. Jim and I talk about this a lot. Uh, so from your angle, um, I think we have a really interesting situation here in Minnesota now. As we know, Glenn Taylor has been an incredible owner, uh, brought the WNBA, um, you know, we're one of only 12 cities in the entire country uh, that has a committed ownership group. And now we've brought on, uh, Glenn has brought on Mark Lurie and Alex Rodriguez. And uh, we've spent some time with Mark when we flew out to Connecticut. He, he, he flew up there to, uh, to meet with us, took us to lunch. Uh, we were there for two games. So the day in between games, we popped over to Mystic. Uh, if you all know uh, Mystic, Connecticut. Remember Mystic Pizza? Uh, none such of my players a, did. Such a good everyone, movie. I'm so old. I was like, really? What year was that movie? <laughs> it was a long time ago. Um, but anyway, Mark, I think Mark is um, uh, an owner that I think is going to pull this league along in a direction that we've been dying for it to go. Um, in that, he understands that um, in order to get anywhere in a business, you have to invest in it. Okay, one thing that I've been really impressed with is that he doesn't invest in a product, he invests in people, right? It's about people first, right? And that right away was a big hit for us because that's sort of how we operate on the link side. And we invited uh, Mark and Alex to come join us for our draft meetings that we were having back in, in April when the ownership uh, uh, was first announced. And uh, we spent just a, maybe a half an hour together and it was very clear to him and it was very clear to us that we, as much as that they did not know that day, uh, they know a lot more now. And I said this, Mark is a very quick study. Uh, he believes in investing in women's sports the same way that you invest in men's sports. Uh, I tell this story and I'm going to get away from Carly here. I'm sorry. We'll pull it back <laughs> to you. This is her life. Um, so so um, I get a message one day from Mark that said, why are the salaries in the WNBA so low? Why are the players' salaries so low? I thought it was a prank. You know, I looked and I was like, who's this from? Who's, you know, uh, it's Mark. And so I said, well, this probably requires a conversation. I didn't want to just message it back because uh, my sentence would have been really simple and just say, look at society. <laughs> uh, you know, it's really simple. So I, you know, I said, let's set up a call. We, we, um, we had a call and I told him first how much I appreciated uh, that very authentic uh, question. You know, and I said, well, here's why. I said, some people would tell you that it's not good business. Um, if the revenues don't match the expenses. And he said, oh, like in men's sports? <laughs> Correct. Uh, but only in women's sports do we force the issue that, well, if you're only going to make $100, you can only spend $100. Uh, and that's not how we treat uh, men's sports. And so I think Mark, um, along with uh, Joe Sai, uh, and then Mark... Um, Mark Davis out in, in Las Vegas. Those are three owners that I think have maybe the ability, along with Glenn, along with maybe a Ted Leonsis, that we might start to kind of get to this place where we're doing a lot more uh, for, the, for the WNBA and therefore hopefully all of uh, women's sports. So I've been really uh, excited about Mark. I think he's genuine. Um, I think he genuinely wants to, uh, to do more. And so let's hope that's the case. Um, and so how will that make your life uh, more interesting. And let's talk about how do we get there. And I told this to Mark that I think there are places, and maybe you could speak to the challenges, 
that our league has to go uh, to start to generate the level of revenue necessary um, you know, to really make advances, whether it's charter flights, higher salaries. Uh, we've got to start holding people accountable from a corporate marketing uh, standpoint. We've got to start holding a TV rights deal. Um, we've got to hold that to a higher standard and hold, hold those people uh, more accountable. Uh, what is your perspective on, on those angles of revenue? Um, you just touched on a couple things that I was going to say. Uh, so to break it down for you, as a team, we have three lines of revenue. So it's our corporate partnerships, uh, it's season ticket members and groups, anything underneath ticket sales and president circle as well. Um, so, you know, for, for us, I was going to touch upon, you know, obviously TV deals locally and national. That's a huge growth opportunity for us as a WNBA. Um, you know, ESPN has been getting a heck of a deal for way too long. Uh, we need to improve that and improve all the other national TV deals that we have as well. Uh, corporate partners now more than ever are interested in investing in diversity, equity, inclusion, and the WNBA happens to be a wonderful platform with which to invest in that area. Um, and we're a really great way for them to kind of activate in the community and represent their values um, to the public and how they want to show up in the community. And so that's a great opportunity for us as well. Um, also, you know, we've spent a lot of time analyzing diversity, equity, inclusion within our own organization across all four teams from everything from who are we hiring, how are we retaining them, uh, what does our executive leadership team look like, who are we partnering with in the community with a vision that not all partnerships and not all partners are good partners and not all money is good money. So we want to make sure who we're partnering with, uh, you know, represent our same values as well, in addition to how we partner in the community with various causes and nonprofits. And so, um, you know, from a business lens, you know, we need to keep growing season ticket member base, growing President Circle, getting more corporate partners, but obviously huge opportunities with TV money as well. And that's what I think is exciting is, you know, you use the word opportunities. There's great opportunity. I Absolutely. mean, right now, just like uh, with our media friends, we get less than 5% of the media coverage. We get considerably less than 5% of the global marketing dollar. Uh, so there's real massive opportunity. And I always say this, despite all of that, despite that suppression for years, look at the success that the WNBA is experiencing. Look at the success that women's sports are experience, ex experiencing despite being held down. Uh, can you imagine once they just kind of let it go and we really start to understand what a great business women's sports is, uh, how this thing's going to explode? And I, uh, I said this to Mark. I don't know if he thought I was crazy, kind of creepy, uh, but I knew his background. Uh, I was always taught to prepare uh, when you're going to meet people. So I did a quick study of, of Mark and what he was about. Uh, certainly we knew about Alex Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez and so that's a little easier. Uh, but learning about Mark was really interesting. And, um, you know, if you get a chance, I don't know if you follow Mark on Twitter. I don't know if that's cool to be on Twitter anymore or wherever you are, social media. I'm sure that Mark is, is on there. But uh, Mark is... Mark is somebody who doesn't take no for an answer if he really believes in something. He, somebody might tell him, you have about a 5% a chance of being successful with that business. He said, okay, I'll take it. And, and he'll really go after it if he really believes in it. Uh, have you heard about this new city uh, that he's interested in, in, uh, in building? It's a city called uh, Tolosa. Uh, check that out. It's really cool um, the way he's thinking and the way he's investing. And, and uh, uh, when, I, when I met Mark uh, with our, our staff, uh, I had learned that Mark uh, started with um, diaper.com. Uh, he started with jet.com. These things turned into bigger uh, that, you know, companies that got bought out. Uh, and what I told Mark was the WNBA is jet.com before Walmart uh, 
uh, took over the e-commerce part. And so that's something that I think he can really relate to. And he's going, oh, hell yeah, it can be. Uh, and so I think it's pretty darn exciting. And I think uh, it could be a really exciting time, not only for Minnesota and our franchise, but uh, to continue to be the gold standard of the league and lift this thing up. Yeah, and I think another important point is we all need to hold people accountable when it comes to, you know, I just told this story today, we're interviewing and we're staffing back up some of the positions we lost due to COVID, and I told the story about how we get stopped all the time, and people are like, oh, I love the Lynx, you know, I came and watched a championship, and da-da-da, and, and, you know, that's so amazing, where are your season tickets? Oh, I don't have season tickets, I have them to the Timberwolves, and the Twins, and the Vikings, and I'm like, how are you not a season ticket member and putting your mouth, your money where your mouth is? Like, how are you not supporting the WNBA? So I think it's holding people accountable, making sure they are investing in women's athletics, holding our own companies where we work accountable as well. How are they showing up? Do they have season tickets to all the men's team and not the links? Um, you know, are they a corporate partner? Who are they investing in, in the community? So I think it's a really important time where we're going to bring about change by holding people accountable. I think Jim's still here. Do we want to let him in involved at all? Oh, Jim. <laughs> well, I think the important thing is you just had a delicious looking pizza show up. We should let you eat it. You now, you have the headset. Feel free to jump back in at any point if you want, but we're going to let you, you and Oliver enjoy the food here. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having thanks me. For, thanks for being here, Carly. Appreciate it. Uh, reminder, Pizza Luce downtown. You know where it is. Everybody knows where it is. Uh, I've had many a lunch, many a late night here. Uh, this is one of my favorite places. I'll be getting a pizza to go when I leave here. Great place to hang. Great pizza. I love their salads. Uh, great place to have a drink. Of course, it's perfect for... Lynx games, Timberwolves games, Twins games, ideal location. And again, next Wednesday, 6 p.m., we'll be doing our baseball show at the Pizza Luce in Eden Prairie. There's also Pizza Luce up at, there's one in Roseville, there's one in St. Paul. Look up the website, you'll see it all. Uh, we'll tell them more about that. I'm going to run through our sponsors really quickly, and then we'll have the rest of the show to ask questions and get into some real basketball stuff here. We want to thank All Energy Solar. We want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Also, my realtor, Cara Quinn, is here in the back. Uh, we just met yesterday about the house my wife and I are buying. We could not be getting where we are, getting the place we're getting without Cara. Uh, check her out at CaraQuinnRealtor.com. Uh, great tips, great advice on buying a house, selling a house, living in Minneapolis, living in St. Paul. You can also find her at Vibe, uh, 5MN Realty as well. Uh, I can just personally recommend Cara for you know, responsiveness, uh, you know, empathy, wanting to help you really find a great place. As I've said before, I've had realtors that were a pain in the butt. Cara is not a pain in the butt. She just she really just helps us. She helps us, and we're going to move into something kind of close to a dream house and dream location, and we really didn't think the place we're going to buy was available. We would not have known about it without Cara. So check her out at caraquinrealtor.com. Thanks to Lori Ramsey of Successful Marketing Group. Wow. Okay, business owners, crazy times means big help is needed, and I'm here for you. Whatever you need, we are here to help you market your business on social media. Hi, this is Glory with Successful Marketing Group. 
you can get my entire team of super smart social media marketers working for you. Don't wait. Go right now to SuccessfulMarketingGroup.com and let's get you where you need to be. And let me tell you about one of our newer sponsors, All Energy Solar. Summer goes by faster than you expect and before you know it, construction and solar installation season is over. Get on the calendar with All Energy Solar and get your energy efficient system installed to take advantage of 2021 solar incentives. Going with All Energy Solar means no more renting your power from the utility company. You'll be in control of your energy costs and will save lots of money. So stop renting your power and go green with All Energy Solar. Book your appointment today at All Energy solar.com. My first question is, Clarendon has been so important to you. What's her health status and do you have optimism she'll be really ready to go by the playoffs? She, he. Uh, yeah, today was the first day that uh, Lasia actually uh, joined the team again in, t in terms of, um, you know, today's practice was, was not our typical full go practice. Uh, we got some good work in. We did some installing um, you know, just offensively kind of making sure that we understand, who, you know, whose packages are for who. And, uh, and so Lasia had a chance to, to be on the court. We were limited uh, in the minutes that we could have with Lasia, but lasia has been working really hard and has been on the court, just not uh, full go with the team. And so we're very optimistic about Lasia's return. Um, you know, we had to kind of clear the, uh, the, the place where um, – you know, when, when we first announced that, that uh, Lasia had a stress reaction, there was real concern uh, anytime you have a stress reaction that it would go to this place of, uh, you know, beyond the point of no return and, and becoming a fracture, which is always your first uh, concern. So um, Lay and, and our medical team, Chuck and Brandy, uh, worked really, really hard with a variety of treatments. And uh, in that first week, she made progress. And then even since then has made considerably more progress um, is hopeful. I, you know, all help, you know, players just want to play. Uh, we've got to kind of weigh out, um, you know, how if we were to use lay, uh, the extent that, that which would, that we would use them, and, and just make sure that uh, we have a, a bigger picture in mind. Uh, I know that lay would like to, you know, to play in a couple of regular season games. Um, you might see that. Um, you might not. You know, we have to. It's, it's a day to day thing. So we have to look at today's. Uh, situation, come back tomorrow, how did it react? If we're able to stay the same or, or even lower, that's great. If there's any uptick, then we start to get concerned. So I will huddle, once we get closer to Friday, I'll huddle with Chuck and Brandy and, and find out, okay, does this make sense right now or should we try to buy some more time? Oh, look who it is, our, our community hey, communications manager. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> Assistant Coach Ash. Thanks so, for so coming we have out. some candidates for uh, uh, some guests to, to join us. Excellent. So, not that they're not too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also a good time to say, again, we didn't set up a mic because of some feedback issues. If you have a question you want to ask, just walk up anywhere in the vicinity. Or holler it, it out. Or holler it out. We're very informal tonight. Yell out your question. Cheryl will answer it. That simple. Um, so the other injury concern is Dantas. It looked like a bad injury when it happened. How, how is she doing? Yeah, she's out. Um, yeah. You know, that's a what's known as a Liz Frank uh, injury, which is, you know, oddly enough, it's many months regardless of surgery or non-surgical. Mm. Um, but once, once it was further evaluated, uh, uh, there was the, the feeling that it could be non-surgical. Uh, and that was what Demiris's preference was. So, but we won't see Demiris other than 
uh, you know, Demiris being able to support us uh, from the sidelines, and obviously that was a pretty big bummer for us. And, and Fee, we've talked, we've heard about her having plantar fasciitis and some other injuries. Is she 100 percent, or she's just kind of getting through things? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that anybody's had plantar fascia, you know, try to be an athlete running around, uh, and, and it's a little more severe than a basic uh, case. Uh, but it's one of those things. There's nothing you can do until you're done, and then. Uh, now she also had this in her other foot last year. Uh, this case is more uh, more severe uh, in terms of the the extent of the symptoms. Uh, but you know she she knows exactly what the situation is and and has worked well in, in managing it. So uh, anytime she doesn't play well, I say, well, she's got this plantar fascia issue. When she plays well, she doesn't have any plantar fascia issues. <laughs> you talked about the playoff format. I do think it's ridiculous. Uh, it, you know, and we've talked about this before. I mean. The great thing about the NHL and NBA playoffs is these teams face each other every two, three days, and they develop a distaste for each other, and they, they strategize. They go back and forth, picking. I mean, I still remember, you know, we were talking to Chris Finch at the Timberwolves uh, get-together, and at that point, the Suns were going up 2-0 on the Bucks, and he and a couple other people were going, no, the Bucks are going to win this series. Because they could see... You know, they could see how the strategy was going to play out and who was going to be better and all those things. And that's what's fascinating about the playoffs. You know, I'm not big on buys and I'm not big on, as you said, single elimination. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, the, you know, there's, just, there's a couple of things that I think you mentioned the rivalries. We're missing out on those opportunities, those coveted rivalries that the league is trying to create through other things like the Commissioner's Cup. Um, I just don't personally think that's going to happen with the Commissioner's Cup. They're playing for money, and they're happy for the other team, whichever one wins. Hey, it's more money for us. They're right. excited about that. That's not the same as this disdain that you have for that team across from you that you go through. You get emotionally invested as a fan base in a series. You grow to dislike. You, know, you have your favorite players to dislike and, you know, kind of – uh, and there's just nothing like that. There's nothing like uh, ups and downs of a series. What a win does, how high the high is, a loss, how low the low is. The world is, you know, caving in. Um, and so that's the ride. And, and the NBA gets to enjoy a seven-game series. Uh, that is an incredible journey to be on. And it's one that you talk about for years, typically, the, the good series. It may not be in the early rounds. Um, and now the NBA is going to this play-in game format. That's great for the bottom teams. Right. You don't see that done with the third and the fourth team in the league. And that's the silly part is the third and the fourth team who have really good seasons. You know, and we've seen it through the course of this format. Those teams lose. And that's really unfortunate. You spent the whole season having a, a great year and you have an off night, somebody's sick, whatever, and, and, it, and it doesn't work out for you. So that's one thing, uh, the storytelling um, that is absent uh, when you have just a single game. Uh, you know, you have a young player maybe that maybe evolves through the course of a series. You get to learn more about them. And again, it's all about identification and investment. Uh, for the fans. This is for the fans. Uh, and therefore, it becomes a, a good business decision for ESPN. ESPN, that's the other thing. It's like it's when the ESPN is most attentive to our league. Every playoff game is on in the ESPN format. And so why would we shorten this playoff business? Let's lengthen it. I would be in favor of, to cover Carly's ears, uh, fewer regular season games in favor of <laughs> bigger, if it was negotiated in the CBA that way, on the biggest stage. Uh, that's when we need to be showcasing uh, that this league is too deep. Um, you know, you could talk about a sixth place team this year 
being very competitive in a series with the first place team, right? So the league is too good, and we're missing out on great basketball and a great time, and the, and the series, the hard-fought series that you mentioned. And, um, you know, I talked to Mike Tebow the other day about this, that our series in 2017 with the Washington Mystics, uh, I know we played over um, at uh, Williams Arena, and it was a great series. And, and he said how much that did for their franchise, how much their fans started to follow and get invested in their players and therefore bought tickets to watch them the next year. So I just think it's a big business opportunity missed, a uh, chance to grow the league. Um, I do think that at some point the format will change, but not soon enough. I think every year we do this is just silly. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. Your rivalry with the Sparks was always a blast, and it seemed like the last few years Connecticut might be a little chippy. I mean, is there, is there a current top Lynx rival? I don't think there is. I mean, I think you mentioned the L.A. series. Think about those games, even Ooh. in the regular season, you know, for two years straight. So it, it was, it was kind of probably always there. You know, I think if you're, if you're from L.A., everybody sort of hates the L.A. franchises. Okay, so that's a natural. Everybody calls L.A. a rival. But I think in terms of what the Sparks and the Lynx became, the top two teams – in 2016 in a hard-fought series, knockdown drag out where they cheated. And, and I, I'm sorry, did I just say? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, they didn't cheat. It was the officiating that was inept. Cheryl uh, has truth Tourette's. Yeah. <laughs> and then the very next, so, so those regular, seasons, regular season games were hard-fought as well, taken into a five-game series, goes all five, goes to distance in the five. And then that very next year, 2017, all of those regular season games, I, it was some sort of crazy number uh, of points score between the two teams in all of those games in about 10 or 12 games. That was virtually even. Uh, and so just great games, uh, game winners. Renee Montgomery out at L.A. We ran our curl hammer play. Uh, we're way, you know, uh, drove along the baseline. McCarville set a great screen, got her open. We threw it. Way drives along the baseline, hit Montgomery in the corner um, and, and splashed a three to win it. So just very exciting uh, and that carried into 2017. I believe that, that uh, those two series, 2016-2017, uh, helped the league become what it is today. I think it helped us become more popular uh, because of that kind of hard fought. We weren't getting that. So we did make a very good change, I believe, in going away from the East-West and doing top eight. I think that was really, really good because you're now going to get theoretically, the best teams. And that's what they tried to do. Uh, but they, they have gone so far to the extreme. Um, you know, I knew it when we were the, the best team in the league and we were number one and they announced a playoff format. I knew then, this, this is like a cakewalk to the finals for the one seed. I knew it then. I wasn't going to say we should change it then. You know, I mean, but, uh, you know, certainly the view now, uh, I think it's a really bad idea. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, you know, again, I think... Where did it come from? Uh, it largely came from the business side of things in that this is the challenge with women's sports. When some WNBA teams make the playoffs, the challenge of putting on a playoff game that is oftentimes just two to three days after your regular season, you can't sell tickets. If the Timberwolves make the playoffs, they sit around and answer the phone and people show up to the game, not in the WNBA. Uh, and not for all teams. We have it a little bit easier. So business-wise, we were not as impacted. Every time we have a home game, it's often good for our, our bottom line. Other teams lose money. And so there weren't enough teams that were in our uh, category that they started to say, okay, we've got to help this, this three-game series thing isn't, isn't helping anybody. Uh, and that's kind of where it came from. That coupled with ESPN 
wanting this excitement of a single elimination game uh, that, that seems that Kathy Engelbert has bought into. Um, and I, you know, I think that's for the NCA. So if they have an opening over there, maybe that would be uh, a better investment. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the disdain, the series, the, yeah, I mean, like. Elbows. Ali can't wear purple. You know, purple and gold. I mean, never, <laughs> never. You know, he, he he says he wants a purple dragon. No, you can't have a purple dragon. <laughs> have you and Kathy had any conversations? Uh, sure. Yeah, we've we've had conversations. How'd they go? Uh, the, about this specifically? Yeah. Uh, we actually talked in the bubble last season, and I shared you know all of those things, and and I think that Kathy listened. Um, but Kathy has a lot of stakeholders that, that she has to listen to. Of course. Um, I wouldn't call myself a stakeholder, so I'm outside of that realm of, of key stakeholders. <laughs> Who's the def defensive player of the year? Uh, Sylvia Fowles, without question. Uh, I, I just, and, and I think about this, you know, obviously she plays for the Lynx, um, but I don't know how Sylvia Fowles is not every year in that discussion she's that good. This year, when I think about, I always say in training camp, I'll know right away what kind of year Sill's going to have by how she plays defense. Um, if I was an opposing coach, I can't imagine the difficulty that I would have in trying to scheme to keep Sill away from where I'm trying to go to score. Um, Sill's help side defense is really good. You can't control that as a coach. Uh, Sill's pick and roll defense uh, has been exceptional. Her shot blocking, her rebounding, uh, her deflecting. Um, you know, when, when people look at um, these, these uh, awards, they often just go right to stats. And that's good for Syl uh, because she's, she's up there in all of them, in the block shots and the steals and the rebounding. But then you also take it a step further and watch the game from this perspective of, oh, my gosh, I can't throw an entry pass to whoever. You, you know, ask Cam Beige if she likes to go against Syl. Ask Brittany Griner if she likes to go against Syl. Um, anybody that wants to, you know, receive the ball easily, you don't want to go against Syl. Um, she and Rebecca Brunson are two of the all-time greats uh, in, in terms of how difficult they are to play against. Um, and so from, from that angle, uh, I just don't think it's close. Do we have a lot of good defensive players in the league? Sure. Uh, but there's none that have had the impact that Sylvia Fowles has had on the success of our team on both sides of the ball, uh, but a clear winner of Defensive Player of the Year. If you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know we are doing this at Pizza Luce on Tap Tuesday, all day Tuesday, $5 select tap beer. Monday, it's $1 off cans and bottles. Uh, they have Twins Home Game Happy Hours. They have Tap Tuesday, Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Thursday. God, I wonder if I could sleep here. Uh, Sunday, fun day, an industry night. Then they, of course, as we all know, late night with Pizza Luce. What a great place to come and get something after an event. Uh, anybody have a question they want to contribute? It's okay, I got a million, so you don't, don't feel obligated. Yes? You can yell it out. Okay. So, I know that the focus in any article that I've read this year has been about how difficult coaching has been during the time of COVID and obviously all the issues that are inherent in the coaching of WNBA season with the injuries because of the players playing in Europe and all that. But then this year, reading articles about like the Rachel Phantom situation and just how difficult it's been to keep players and under the cap and all that. What, if you just want to talk about it, and I hate asking to talk about a question, my first ever question, sorry, but <laughs> which one's been more difficult, being the general manager or the coach, and just maybe why? Yeah, really good question. Um, it's hard to be a general manager during the season. It's never what you want to be doing. Um, and, and so... Um, 
I wouldn't say either is harder. It's just that I want to coach during the season and I want to GM in the off season. Those seasons where you're doing both, it's very hard. Um, in that you want to give your undivided attention to your current players, your your schemes, and what's next on the, on the docket as far as uh, you know practice preparation. And um, and so when you're having to split your time. Uh, you know, you watch film and then you go, okay, I better get over here and figure out the salary cap situation. We have such and such uh, guaranteed date coming. We've got, you know, replacement contracts, which I think we set a record uh, for a number of replacement contracts. And it was hard, I think, for you all because you don't know all the nuances of what's happening and why. Certainly you didn't think that we would actually release Lasia at any point in time uh, unless there was just no other way. And, and uh, you know, just that the challenge this year was the cap as well. Uh, it also is what led to the off-season move of, uh, you know, trading. You know, we made a decision. Uh, this is one of those bets that, that, that I made, uh, which was we did really well in free agency, uh, but it cost us a lot of money. And we had to weigh out the future. I wanted players that we knew were going to be here for at least three years to kind of build a new nucleus. Uh, Kayla McBride was a part of that. Ariel Powers was a part of that. Um, Natalie Acham was a part of that. Nafisa Collier is a part of that. So we kind of had, you know, this idea of this nucleus that we wanted to grow with. Um, and we had to make a hard decision about Odyssey's contract. Come on in. Oh, look, it's K-Mac. We're just talking about K-Mac. What's up, K-Mac? Did you bring any cookies? You ate them all. <laughs> Thanks for being here, K-Mac. <laughs> I couldn't imagine who that was, the excitement. It wasn't anything I said, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, so we, we made a difficult decision um, in the offseason to, uh, to let go of Odyssey Sims uh, so that we could fit. Uh, and even doing that, we could only fit 11 players. This speaks now to the business side of things. Our salary cap is too small. It is too small. Um, it, it went up by $300,000. It didn't go up by a million dollars. It went up by $300,000. And by the way, that $300,000, and often, in, in many cases, 200 of it was being spent on two players because those were super max players now, players that were commanding more money. So the max used to be the difference, that, and that's what they wanted to correct in that CBA, is you know, the, the better players in the league were tired of making the same amount of money as mid-level players. Uh, it was like, it seemed like everybody was a max player when everybody was making $115,000. Um, and so now your super max players are making $215,000, but the cap only went up $300,000. So we went out and spent some money and, and uh, you know, we kind of got ourselves in a situation where we said, do you turn down Kayla McBride and Ariel Powers? No, no. I mean, I didn't think in any universe that that should happen. Um, but so we had to make a move, right? And so we were already kind of... Um, you know, kind of cap constrained going into the year, but we knew that. Halfway through the season, our plan was here comes Chechi Zandalasini, we'll pay her the rest of the money, and there we go, we've got our 12. Didn't quite work out that way. Uh, and so the replacement contract, here was the challenge. When we had the injuries and fell below, right off the bat, our draft pick, Renaya Davis, who I don't know if she's going to be any good, so don't ask me that. I don't have any idea. Uh, but we, we couldn't take a chance to, uh, to, to not have Renaya on our team. We went down the path. She got hurt. Okay, we got, a, we got the money stays on your cap. And a roster spot. So right away, we're at 10 players. So your first injury, you, you uh, qualify for a replacement contract. So the cap space that we had, let's call it $50,000 is now being eaten by the replacement contract. So the money we're gonna give Chechi 
is now just being drained by replacement contracts. And we also fell into Lasia Clarendon. Uh, so we were okay with that money being occupied uh, by Lasia, but then at some point, that was Lasia's money to a rest of season contract. Uh, so we had to do some serious gymnastics. Uh, the guarantee date was really big for us. We were very fortunate to get through that. Um, you know, not an easy thing uh, for Rachel Bannum. Um, you know, she had a, a non-guarantee contract, so that was the only place we could go to get the extra money to pay Lasia. Rachel certainly understood it, didn't feel very good, but that guarantee date allowed us to only have one player miss two games, and that was, that was, that was Rachel. Lasia played all the way through uh, the June 30th. We were in Phoenix. We had to release Lasia and then re-sign Lasia to the rest-of-season deal, and then we got whole. Then literally every penny was spent. And so now we have a new player on a replacement contract. That's Jillian Aileen. Well, Jillian Aileen is not eating up any cap space because we have no cap space. So now that's money over the cap, which in our league is unheard of because it's a hard cap. And, and so we're, I, I think we might be the first team, uh, maybe LA, I think LA has been kind of known for going over the cap and doing whatever they want for years. But um, so, yeah, so I, it's not, it wasn't ideal, um, but it's what we had to do. Um, and and uh, I just appreciate our players um, as we went through that. They stayed focused on what their task was and Rachel got through that difficult time on her journey. Um, and, you know, like I said, we survived all that and, and we're in pretty decent position. Does that answer kind of what you were looking for? Good question, more thank detail. you. Uh, we do want to welcome Kayla McBride. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, we've obviously been you talking about. Want to have about Kay Mac on? You want to come on? Yeah, grab a chair. So tell us where you just were, Kay Mac, and why? Ask these people why they were not there with you. Yeah, I'm not sure why. We had we had a pretty good uh, showing though. I was over at T Rex at Ridgedale Center. Yep. yep. Um, and you know, I got to deliver the cookies, take some pictures, social distance, of course. Yep. Um, and just kind of get to talk about the cookie that I love so much. Um, it's for a good cause. Big Brothers Big Sisters owner actually came, um, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, it was just. Eat so do you cookies. all know about this T-Rex cookie business? Did you all get your cookies at the game, I assume? We sold out at halftime, right? I was told. You can't miss it. Yeah. yeah. So, so why is this so fun for you, K-Mac? Um, well, I love to bake and I love to cook. That's eventually the path that I want to go, go down one of these days. Um, and mint chocolate chip is something that my mom and I share a love for, like everything mint chocolate chip. Um, so to kind of bring that world mixed with the world of being a big sister and, you know, hopefully getting a chance to be at Big Brothers Big Sisters a little bit more, um, bringing those two worlds together was a big deal for me. And then obviously having a whole cookie for, for your own month is pretty cool too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was just something for me to bring two worlds together outside of basketball and uh, it turned out really well. So where did the interest come from in, in terms of baking? Is it somewhere in your family or uh, on your journey overseas and just the path? Yeah, I mean, I, my mom baked a lot when I, when I, as I grew up, um, but it's something I just kind of picked up on. I love sweets, chocolate, and it's something that I've done all over. So even overseas, I bake for my teammates here. Yeah. I've baked uh, a couple things for the teammates, my teammates, so uh, just something I really love to she do. She said her teammates. The coaching yeah. staff has not had a chance you to enjoy it. these things. There's that, like three left, and I'm pretty sure Ash, Simone, and, you know. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just something oh, I love to do. Staff members, <laughs> certain, certain level staff. <laughs> something I love to do um, outside of basketball. So yeah. It's just cool. Well, let's talk about basketball. How's it going? It's going great. I mean, <laughs> it's weird, right? I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm in your office right now. It's weird. You get called, oh, coach wants to see you. Oh. <laughs> um, no, it's been great. Um, obviously, you no know, ups and downs. I had two days in between seasons. Uh, so I just kind of came in, but, you know, the love was there instantly for me. Um, 
And, you know, when it comes down to the game, this is the best place to be. I think that the game is at its purest form here in Minnesota. The fans, um, the culture, everything. If, if you love the game and if you love to play the right way, being here, is, it's been amazing. Um, you know, obviously being closer to home, my family's been able to come to a lot more games. Um, but I've just really appreciated my teammates, the staff, um, the fans, you guys, obviously. And it's just been, it's been a blast. It's been up and down, obviously. We started a little rocky. Coach was probably like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, a little, little uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but you know, finding our way, I think that's part of the journey, yeah. you know, and I think that's made us ten times stronger. So it's, it's been fun. So what happened over the Olympic break? What, tell us some things that you guys enjoyed, and then how? Because it was noticeable <laughs> for me when I got back, uh, the energy was different in a very, very good way. So how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we we had that little bit of a reset. Obviously, our Olympians and our Olympic coach went and did their thing, but um, we wanted to hit the ground running, kind of when you got when you guys got back. So we all had our our time with our families, did what we wanted. When we came back on July 25th, it was about work, you know, and it was about getting better, um, doing the little things, but you know, off the court as well, just kind of getting to know each other, um, because that first half of the season was brutal, yeah. you know, just playing, 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 playing. So finally, you have this time. We work it out a couple days in the week, and then the rest of the time you kind of get to know your teammates. So, um, you know, just getting to know them off the court, I think, really helps, um, you know, create that bond on the court. So, um, you know, it was about the work, but also just getting to know each other a little what bit. What kind of things did you do besides uh, uh, the uh, The twins games. We did some kayaking. We left P in the middle of the river. Flynnette Pearson, yeah. Kayaking, <laughs> kayaking on kayaking. the river, yeah. yeah. Any funny stories from that? Oh, <laughs> well, I was in the front of the pack. Ash, me, Jess. Uh, Ask Leisha Planet about is a her great experience. Lay is one of the best kayakers I've ever seen. She was just gone, you know. <laughs> uh, I was trying to keep up. I'm like, this is hard. BB was up there. Um, yeah, we did that. And we did a couple um, workouts together at Lifetime. We did the one of the yoga sculpts and then a brutal workout. Um, but we just had a lot of fun, you know. It was called a yeah, boxing chokes. workout, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't not much boxing in it, though, was it? Yeah, no, there wasn't boxing. They said it was boxing, but we boxed for, like, probably three minutes the entire time out of the 55 minutes. Uh, then we went to Chuck's um, cabin, which is cool. Everybody kind of gets to relax, chill out. Yeah, just got to know each other a little bit. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I would never put you on the spot, Kayla, but what's it like playing never? for Cheryl? <laughs> never. I was going to ask her that. <laughs> um, you know, I, maybe in the beginning of my career, I wouldn't have obviously I played for a great coach in Coach McGraw in, in Notre Dame um, but then you know when you first come in the pros it's like whoa you know it's, it's a lot it's overwhelming there's a lot of things being thrown at you there's vets and then there's like you know you kind of get dropped back you go from being the senior being dropped back down to the bottom <laughs> of the barrel you know so you kind of have to claw your way back up and I think I don't know if I would have appreciated coach as much as I do now when you go through it and you see how other organizations are not say that or the organizations I've been a part of weren't what they like, you know, weren't great organizations because they were. There's so many great people, great things about them. But, you know, being here, I remember coming to Minnesota like the first couple years in the league and it's just like, wow, you know, like it's full, you know, Target Center is going crazy and, you know, Lindsey Wayland, Simone Augustus, <laughs> you know, Rebecca Brunson, you know, this is not, it's not just, you know, these average, they, and they loved playing the game and you can tell. And so now being with Coach, you can see the details, you see the culture that she, she's brought to, uh, brought here in Minnesota, and to be a part of it now is like a whole other realm, you know. Obviously, seeing it from the outside is one thing, but actually being a part of it is different. And she's hard on us, you know, but she expects a lot out of us because she knows we can do it. And then it's, it's you know, it's the hard nose and it's the, it's the toughness and it's the intensity. But she loves the shit out of us. I'm sorry, I shouldn't guess. <laughs> it's but she it's loves us. She loves us so much, and you know that. Um, and she loves this this uh, organization and these fans and this culture and this, you know. So, uh, you know, I. I I feel like maybe 21-year-old Mac wouldn't have appreciated as much as 29-year-old Mac, but I definitely do. Did uh, Oliver teach you that word? 
Ollie, say, Ollie, man, I'm just over here on my iPad. I'm just... <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> I have a question for both of you. Uh, what's it been like to see Powers really turn it on? What's it like to see Powers? I'll let, I'll let Kayman. I mean, I've, I've been seeing it in practice, and yeah. I've seen it on the other side of it competitively. Um, and it was just a matter of time. I think the most frustrated person in this whole thing was AP. She wanted to be out there. You could feel it. You could feel her energy uh, in the practices. People are getting N1s or deflections, steals. She's the first one, you know, running the court. Um, and so now to see that kind of come out for you guys and yeah. on the court with us, I'm just glad that it's on our side and not <laughs> you know, on the other <laughs> side. So, I mean, obviously AP, is. Uh, she had a great year last year and these last couple of years. Um, won a championship. So she knows the energy that she, she brings. And, um, you know, when she's on, it's... It's hard to stop. So it's been it's been a good time. Uh, you know, still learning her ins and outs, yeah. um, but her energy is contagious, and I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I think I've enjoyed. Um, you know, it's something that KMAC speaks to, and I and I I always thank the the players for this. Thank you uh, for letting me be myself, because uh, that's important. I try to let each yeah. of them be themselves, and I get to be myself, uh, and it all kind of somehow works, right? Yeah, it does. Um, and I think with AP, that's that's an important piece as well. That. Um, I always heard she was kind of fiery and, and will challenge me, and I'm like, bring it on. You know, I like it. I like it. Bring the challenge, and because uh, I'm going to hold her accountable, right? right? And it's the details, uh, and that's what I find with young players. And AP's still in that young player range. Yeah. She's not quite as experienced as KMAC and been through as much. Uh, so something simple like like screening angle, you know, that is so paramount to a possession. Players like that haven't been taught those things, uh, or they've been taught and they forgot. Yeah. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. They didn't realize how important it was when the first yeah. coach said it. Uh, it's like Simone one year, I, I asked her to play defense, and, there, and she almost gets uh, on the all-defensive team, probably should have been. And people say, well, you know, how did that happen? And I said, well, I just asked her to. And she said, well, no one ever asked me to. When I kind of find it hard to believe that any coach wouldn't ask her to play defense. <laughs> uh, so with players, you don't know not necessarily what they always hear. Uh, yeah. So we try different words. Uh, and see which ones stick. And, and uh, uh, AP is very much that way. Uh, we, I've enjoyed uh, the limited experience that we have had. I think she's absolutely crucial uh, to, to KMAC's success because of the way, so if you have you know, two players on the perimeter, you don't want to be exactly the same. Uh, and so the two of them are able to play off each other uh, because the way that they get things done are different. So you hit them with some KMAX actions, then you hit them with some AP actions. You know, and we had that a little bit with Simone and Maya. Uh, so I kind of feel like, not to put that much pressure on these guys, but it feels more like that. Um, that you ha you have you know some versatility and you know of course you can you know you run action for Sill and Fee and so now we're kind of getting to this place that uh, our starting five I think um, is is pretty good and it comes at a good time. You released your shot so quickly and not just your jumper but even layups and floaters. Where where did you uh, learn don't to do ask that? Her about that. I, she's told me about that. that. No. It's, it's know, still a cool thing to watch. So, when it's but, good, it's good, and it's not, it's not. Where, how and when did you develop that? Um, you know, I've, I feel like I've always been known as a shooter. And then, you know, as you start to grow as a player, the scattering portal starts to grow as a player. So um, finding different ways to get my shot off, um, you know, and it's all about the angles and the screening and things like that, too. The timing, all of those things matter. And it really just becomes about the details. And then, you know, some, it depends on the defense, too, you know, how they're going to guard you. And that's something that uh, Coach Katie Smith has been helping me a lot with, too, just the details of being able to slow down. So actually, when you talk about the things I'm getting off, I actually need to kind of take a step back a little bit in, in, in the floaters and the layups and um, trying to find that balance, too, you know, trying to get to the basket more, especially in the last couple games, back cuts, things like that, because then it opens up everything but it's just something that I've always constantly worked on 
you know, just getting my, getting my shot off, uh, you know, against better defenders, faster defenders, because I'm not the most athletic, but, you know, I know that my release kind of makes up for that. So to be able to focus in on the details, um, and that's kind of accumulation of that. <laughs> What's it like being coached by Katie Smith? <sighs> She's harder you know, on you than I am. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, she That's expects true. a lot out of me, though, and, yeah. I, and I appreciate that, yeah. I think. Um, Great players want that. Exactly. And so, you know, obviously, she comes with a resume in herself. So then everything she says, I'm like, well, she, this means, you know, this means way more than, you know, anything else. So uh, I've appreciated it. It's hard. She's more on me on my defense, honestly, yeah. than my offense yeah. because she's so competitive in that way. Um, but the things that she's just been able to teach me, and uh, obviously we have a long way to go in this process, but just, you know, working with her every day um, and the things in the back of my head, uh, you know, I'm hearing them in the game now. You know, now that it's getting towards the end of the season. So I've been really appreciative of her. Um, but she's tough. Yeah, she's tough. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> it's been really interesting to hear people talk about Sylvia Fowles lately. I had Rebecca Brunson on one of my podcasts, and she, she really went in depth just how much Sylvia cares about people, cares about her teammates. She said that's really important for the team. What, what's it been like for you, and do you have any examples of that? that? Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had uh, small you know, instances where I got to spend some time with Syl at USA or even in, like, you know, in the all-star locker room and stuff, and you get to kind of feel people's personalities. But actually being here with her on the links has been an entirely different, you know, experience. She's just, she, as dominant and as, um, you know, <laughs> intense as she is on the court, she's so thoughtful and caring and kind and, you know, nurturing. We call her Mama So for a reason. And, you know, just having that balance, you know, almost like the Beauty and the Beast type of thing, is it's unreal to watch her do it day in and day out, you know, and the, the amount of, stuff that she's carrying on her shoulder, she carries it kind of effortlessly. And so um, I've been really, you know, thankful to have this time with her and just the conversations. And Mackie, just wait on my screen. I'm going to come get you. I'm going to come get you. Just shoot it, Mackie. I don't worry. I'll get the rebound. It's just like, you got somebody tell you that. It's like, all right, well, you know, but it's just that that's just who she is. You know, she expects a lot of herself, but she also expects a lot of her teammates. But she loves us, you know, loves us top to bottom, um, like Coach said, exactly as we are. So um, I've been really thankful and fortunate to have this time with her. You know, we usually talk about something related to the real world on this this podcast. Is there anything you want to bring up right now while KMAC's here or just while we're here with this audience? There's always something, but we can always save it for another show, too. Yeah, we can we save it for basketball. another show. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate KMAC coming by. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That'll appreciate buy you it. an extra uh, drill or two off tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, right. She's That's lying. not true. Yeah. You're not going to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming by. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, KMAC. So... Connecticut and Vegas. Yeah. Is there a, do you feel like you need to close a gap on those two teams? Do I feel like we can? Yeah. Or, uh, or need to? Do we need to? Yeah. Uh, well, we've just got to control what we can control and then whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. Uh, we can't control whether uh, Vegas wants. Connecticut is locked up, number one seed. Okay. Uh, and then we just, you know, can, can we, um, you know, play well? Uh, which, by the way, I, I thought the Indiana Fever game, um, people get caught up in the records, and, and that game was the epitome of what we say, that it doesn't matter what a team's record is. There is not a lot of, you know, it's a fine line between winning and losing, and there's not a lot of difference uh, in talent uh, through, through most of the league. Uh, yeah, you have some great players, right, the, the ones that you expect. Uh, and, and I just think 
Indiana played great, particularly in the third quarter. Uh, they made a bunch of shots and, and uh, you know, put us in a, in a difficult position. I want those games. I want us to have to, uh, to make plays. I don't want the games to be easy. Uh, and, and so as long as we win those, those games. Uh, and then now we've got to go on the road to, to Indy again you know, the, for, the, for the third time. There is a game in between. Matter of fact, tonight, I don't know if anybody uh, knows, a, knows a score on the uh, Indiana-Atlanta. I don't know if anybody's score watching. But, but they play them, and then we have them um, uh, again on Friday. And then we have to uh, – it looks like Indiana's up 45-42. to 42. That's for the lottery. Uh, so, you know, usually teams like that try not to win. Um, but, you know, coaches – Coaches, it's a hard time. You have a hard time not trying to win because you're not usually the coach that's going to coach the lottery pick. Right. Right? And so if I'm Marianne, I'm trying to win that darn game. But uh, I think that uh, the, the, the Washington uh, game could have serious – it could be the difference between them going to the playoffs or not. So great for us. I think it's great. You know, you have to go win on the road in the, in the playoffs. And um, so it has nothing to do with anything that happens with Vegas. I want to be successful so that if anything above us does happen – we're there to capitalize on it. Any other questions? Yeah, so there's, there's, uh, there's two rounds before the actual uh, semifinals series starts. And so if you're five through eight, so eight of the 12 make the playoffs. If you're five through eight, then you play in that first night single elimination. All right, if you're three, four, and, and obviously one, two, you have a bye. Um, three, four gets a bye to the second round. One, two has a bye all the way into the semis. So we would, if we stay three or four, we would have a single elimination game on the weekend of the, of the 26th. So I don't, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's what I was lamenting earlier. Makes more sense now, huh? Isn't that dumb? Isn't that dumb? Should I go back through that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, so if, if things stay as they are and we're three or four, which again, there's about a 94% chance that that will happen, we will play a single elimination game uh, against one of the, the winners uh, between the five and eight, you know, the five, six, seven, eight games that are going to be played on the first night of playoffs. We'll play at home. That's the good news. That's what you work for. Uh, so if you are going to be single elimination, you'd much rather, rather be at home, and we'll get a chance to do that. So we'll hopefully see all of you on the 26th. Is that the right date, uh, Carly? Is, is, is Sarah? We're not public yet. Okay. You got that's about, that's, you know, it's a great thing about coming to things like this. You get some insider information. Yeah, we would never tell you that that date is the 26th. The 26th. Yes. Well, why can't I say Sylvia Fowles? That would be silly. question is, who's the league's MVP if you can't say Sylvia Fowles? If I can't say Sylvia Fowles, you know, John Quell Jones comes yeah. to mind. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, bringing your team to that level of success, um, you know, I think if it's not Syl, uh, then, then we could be happy for Junkwell. Yeah. You alluded to it. Uh, it's been a very interesting year with your lineups, your signings, your roster moves, people, you know, the Olymp everything else. But I think what's exciting is a starting lineup of Clarendon, Powers, McBride, Fee, Fowles, meaning your be bench is therefore deeper. That's yeah. really intriguing. Yeah, it is. And, and we're there, and hopefully we can stay there. Because uh, that's our path to being successful, and, and you know, like I said, we miss Dantas. Dantas give it, you know, has the ability to give us a, the spacing, obviously the three ball, the you know, the passing. We use her, you know, we trust her. Uh, so that's what we're working through right now in these days that we have the blessing that we have of uh, a week, you know, virtually a week till we play again. Is okay. How do we get Fee more acclimated to playing before? Because we didn't have much time to get her there, uh, even though she would play it sometimes. Now she's full time. 
and she has a responsibility to make Sill's life easier, to be able to pass her the ball in addition to her own offense, which Fee's never been uh, le you know, a leader in assists on her team. That was a little bit of shade. I, I, oh, I know. I was letting it sit there. I was like, just <laughs> letting, it, let, letting it soak a little bit. Fee is great at everything. Uh, and so she's, that's a, you know, a young player like K-Mac talked about. I mean, you, know, you have to just keep evolving, and that's, that's uh, another place. And I thought Fee was really good in that Indiana game where she found uh, Sill on some easy passes. And, and, and Fee's very, very willing, which is great. And uh, if, if Fee plays great and we keep Sill uh, in her MVP form and, and you've got K-Mac and, and AP playing well and the return of Lasia, you know, all we need is our fans. Great place to end it. Thank you so much for being here. We will uh, be doing another show here not too far in the near future. We'll try to get that date out to you as soon as we can. It'll probably depend on playoff uh, dates and everything else. So thank you so much. Please give everyone a, a round of applause. Thanks Cheryl, Carly, Kayla, and the Lynx staffers who came out. Thanks so much. And thank you to Pizza Luce. Thanks to Pizza Luce. And remember to support the places that support shows like That's this. That's exactly right. Remember to support the Lynx sponsors because they're all... Uh, they all have good hearts and are coming from the right place. So thank you. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here.